Hey, welcome to episode number 176 of More Than Bread, a podcast devoted to Scripture, (laughs) devoted to what can happen when the words of God are breathed full of the Spirit of God for the people of God. We're in the midst of a chapter on Paul's letters from prison. While he was in Rome, in prison, awaiting sentencing, probably ready to lose his life, he not only shared the gospel with every member of Caesar's household and guard that, that he could find, but he also wrote four really amazing letters to friends and the churches in four different communities. And the first of the four letters is Ephesians, written to the church that was developing in the city of Ephesus. So we've done chapter one and two of Ephesians, filled with grace in the gospel, every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies available to us, the stewardship of the grace of God, the mystery of Christ, and and then in the last two episodes, we started on chapter three, with the the very last episode being the context leading us into what I think might be the greatest prayer in all of Scripture. I'm a little bit biased, but it's what I think it is. And it was Paul's hope, his challenge to his friends, the reason for his prayer that we looked at in the last episode, and and, and the context was simply this, don't lose heart, don't give up, don't lose heart, don't quit. And then he launches into prayer. It's taken him almost a chapter to, chapter to get there, but now he prays. And and listen to his prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. I'm reading from the New International Version. Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, I, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and not a him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen now the way that we pray tells a lot about what we think about the one to whom we pray our god is a god who is able a god who is able to do more a god who is able to do immeasurably more than anything we've ever asked for a god who is able to do immeasurably more beyond beyond anything we've ever even imagined and and what we need in today's world and in our country and in our communities and in our church and in our families and in your own individual heart in my heart what we need is a god who goes beyond our imagination right some of you have heard this story before. It's one of my favorite beyond, beyond imagination God stories. Doug Coe tells a story about a guy named Bob Hunter. Bob was in the insurance field, and and he had recently made a decision to become a Jesus follower. He, he'd become acquainted with Doug Coe in Washington, D.C., and they began a mentoring, a faith mentoring relationship. One day, Bob came in really excited about something Jesus had said, recorded in the Bible, and and it was these words. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said, ask whatever you want in my name and you will receive it. Is that really true, Bob asked? Doug explained, well, it's not a blank check, but yes, it's true. God does answer prayer. Great, Bob said. Then I got to start praying for something. I think I'll pray for Africa. (laughs) That's kind of a broad target, Doug said. Have you ever been to Africa? No. Do you know anyone in Africa? No. What do you think of when you think of Africa? I don't know. Monkeys swinging on trees, but I want to pray for Africa. 
So Doug made an unusual arrangement with Bob. He challenged him to pray every day for 45 days for Uganda. If Bob would do that and nothing extraordinary happened, then Doug would pay him $500. But if something remarkable did happen, Bob would pay Doug $500. (laughs) And if Bob didn't pray every day, the whole deal was off. It was a pretty unusual prayer program. Not sure I could afford it. (laughs) Not sure I could swing it at our church. Bob began to pray. For a long time, nothing happened. And then one night he was at a dinner in Washington, D.C., and and there was a woman at his table who who shared that she helped to run an orphanage in Uganda, (laughs) the largest of its kind. And Bob suddenly had a vision of $500 sprouting wings, but he couldn't keep quiet. He, He let loose with a barrage of questions for the lady from Africa. When he paused for a breath, she asked him a few, like, have you ever been to Uganda? No. Do you know anyone there? No. Then why are you so curious? Well, because someone is paying me to pray. She invited him to Uganda to tour the orphanage, and when he got home, he couldn't get the appalling poverty and medical conditions out of his mind, and so he began to contact large pharmaceutical companies, describing the vast need there and reminding them that every year they throw away large amounts of unsold medical supplies. Why not send them to this place in Uganda? Some did. The orphanage received more than a million dollars that year. This is a number of years ago. A million dollars was worth a million dollars back then. A million dollars worth of medical supplies. The woman called Bob and said, Bob, this is amazing. We had the most incredible gifts given this year. We'd like to fly you over and have a party. Would you come? And so he flew back. And after the heartwarming ceremony at the orphanage, Bob received a call from the president, not of the orphanage, but of the country of Uganda, thanking him for what he had done for the children and asking him if he would meet with him. President then Museveni offered to take Bob on a tour of the capital. And in the course of the tour, They saw a prison. It actually looked more like a stockade for animals than a prison for people. Bob asked about a group of prisoners there. They're political prisoners, he was told. Bob said, that's a bad idea. You should let them out. Bob finished the tour, flew back home. Sometime later, Bob received a call from the Undersecretary of State for African Affairs. Is this Bob? Yes. Were you recently in Uganda? Yes. Did you make any statements to the president about political prisoners? Yes. What did you say? I told him it was a dumb idea and they should let them out. The State Department had been working for years to get the release of these prisoners to no avail. And all of a sudden, the prisoners had been released, released and all the State Department had been told was it was because of Bob. Several months later, President Museveni made a phone call to Bob. He was going to rearrange his government, select a new cabinet. Would Bob be willing to fly over and pray for him for three days while he worked on this very important task? So Bob, who was not politically connected at all, went to Uganda to pray and ask God to give the leader wisdom as he selected his government. Now, do you suppose Bob, when he started praying, had any idea in his imagination where his prayers would lead? I mean, who else could orchestrate such an amazing answer to prayer than a God who goes beyond our imagination? And I just wanted to share that story so I could say we have a beyond, beyond God, a God who goes beyond our imagination. You may not have thought of this before, but I believe that our imagination is a gift from the Creator God. It's part of what it means to be created in His image. To imagine is to begin the creative process. Kids, if you think about it, they have a Amazing capacity for imagination. Some of my best moments growing up were imagination moments. 
pound a dozen nails in two or three close trees, and all of a sudden I was part of the Starship Enterprise, sitting in the command center, leading my own ongoing mission to explore the universe. I mean, why is it that sometimes it seems like growing up is equated with a loss of imagination? Or or even worse, we fill our capacity to dream with worry. In other words, we imagine, but we grow good at imagining the worst. Do you ever stop to think that faith is an imagination word? The writers of Hebrews said that the faith is confidence in things not yet seen. You know, when we say those eight words, I'll believe it when I see it, God says, no, you, you've got it all backwards. Sometimes you have to believe it before you can see it. Whether you're an architect planning a building or an artist creating a sculpture or an Olympic athlete trying to break a world's record or a scientist trying to send a a woman to the moon. Warner von Braun, the father of the space age who built the Atlas rocket and the Saturn rockets that sent people to the moon once said, there's never been any significant achievement in human history that was not accompanied by faith. So before we dive into the requests and this amazing prayer, I want to talk about just a little bit about this beyond imagination, God to whom we pray. I mean, can you just imagine with me for a moment what God can do? I can see a couple coming into a space, maybe a worship room for the very first time, and, and they're struggling. I can imagine this. In fact, the only reason they came to church was because it was the last stop before calling it quits. Tried everything else, but a, a neighbor invited them. And, and as they sit there, something happens. The words of a song or something in the message or prayer or, or, or somebody who came up to them and, and just talked for a bit and and a heart cracks just a bit and tears come and just a, a little bit of hope is born because if there really is a God, maybe there's hope for us. I, I can see it. I can I can imagine it. And, and Paul says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. We have a 2030 vision at Calvary. It's it's ludicrous. Our 2030 vision is that we we want to be a part of a movement that sees the number of Christ followers double in central PA by 2030. It's ludicrous, but I can imagine it. I can imagine it. You know what? We have a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And I realize that for as much as I can see it, for as much as I can imagine, he goes beyond our imagination. And those words they're almost like a challenge, like he's saying, I dare you to outdream me. I dare you to have a, a bigger imagination than I can meet. Henry Blackaby once said, our world is not seeing God because we're not attempting anything that only God can do. Let the world see God at work and that'll attract people. In Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, Paul writes out a prayer that he's been praying for his friends in Ephesus. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, he says, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he'll give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you'll never fully understand it. And may you be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, up to this point, all of this prayer is one complete sentence. You know what I've said about Paul's writing, even in his prayer, 
one complete sentence in the Greek language with three henna clauses or that clauses, and, and they list out his three requests. Verse 16, I pray that he might give you power. Verse 18, I pray that you would have power to understand the love of Christ. And verse 19, I pray that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Now, I love this passage of Scripture because it's an inspired prayer. And some of you are thinking, I understand that because I've heard a lot of uninspired prayers in my life. I think sometimes if God doesn't listen to us, it's because he gets bored. (laughs) Oh God, here I am again. Please bless me. Make my day a good one. Amen. Well, well, that's not exactly what I mean. When I say it's an inspired prayer, I just simply mean that God wants that prayer prayed, which means that each of those requests is a request that he can, and I believe he will answer. It's not just that he can do, he will do more than we can imagine. He is right now doing more than you can imagine, which means that this prayer tells us something about God and the kind of God we really need in these days. I mean, think about the challenges of our times. Crisis in Ukraine, crisis in Israel, crisis in the U.S., war in Gaza, politics, race, economy, everything is moving faster. Has anybody noticed the pace of life and death and war and division and uncertainty is picking up speed lately? I mean, every decision seems complicated and stupendously, urgently important. Climate, AI, elections, every value is being challenged. We we see this everywhere. Some call right wrong and wrong right, and others say there is no such thing. All that matters is sincerity and what you choose. Every value we've had in America is being challenged by someone. We live in times where everything is plausible and nothing is certain. And in times like these, we need guidance, life guidance that is not phased by fads. We, we need direction for the paths we'll let our hearts wander down. We need, listen, we need a wise God with a good plan. How does Paul start his prayer? When I think of the wisdom and the scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Man, we need wisdom today. Google information is not enough. We need knowledge refined into wisdom. We need to be able to connect the dots, see which way the the ball is going to bounce when we throw it, understand where our paths will lead so that we can plan accordingly. That's wisdom. And you can barely finish a page of the Bible without entering a story where God guided someone, where God gives wisdom. We have a God who knows everything. No situation confuses him. No event surprises him. We need a wise God with a good plan and purpose. And it's not just on a global scale. In the coming months, some of you are going to face some of the most important decisions of your life, and you need God's wisdom. We need it as a church. The issues, opportunities, and potential problems facing Calvary are far too great to proceed without God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is beyond our imagination. (laughs) But we need more than wisdom, right? We need strength. And and what does Paul say? Paul says we have an omnipotent God who loves to share his power. I meet a lot of people lately who feel beat up by life. I talk to pastors all the time who feel beat up by life, sometimes beat up by people. There are people drowning in circumstances that leave them wondering if they'll ever come up for air, just making a living rather than a life. Do you ever feel powerless? Like, Like you can imagine what it would look like if your life changed, but you can't imagine having the strength necessary to make it happen. And you just feel drained. Paul understood this. This incredible prayer does not come from a heart untouched by life loss. Remember, he wrote this letter in prison, unjustly accused 
a prison term which drug on for over two years. And that's why he says in verse 13, therefore I say, do not lose heart. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I don't know, maybe you're just stuck in the middle of a tough time. Can you relate to that, to losing heart? Maybe the words haven't escaped your lips, but they're rattling around in your mind. What's the use? Why keep going? I can't. We can't make it. Maybe it's because you're just tired, tired of the same old, same old job, same old marriage and family, same old neighborhood, same old church. You're just tired. Maybe maybe it's because you know how you ought to be and how you ought to be seems out of reach of who you are. Maybe it's because you came face to face with the opportunity of a lifetime. You just didn't have the power to see your dreams come true. Maybe it's because you've lost faith in God. He wasn't there when you needed him, at least not in the way that you expected. I'm not making a prediction. I'm just telling you what you already know. Some of you are facing and some of you are going to face sometimes in the months to come. Tough times are potentially awesome times, but they will be times that simply require more power than you have within you. And what do you do then if you don't have an omnipotent God who is willing to share his power? Paul prayed to a God with unlimited power. How did he describe it? Out of his glorious riches, power from a rich reservoir of glory, unlimited power freely given to us. In fact, in Ephesians 1, Paul said the power God offers is resurrection power. Beyond, beyond. But what good is strength, wisdom if we're not loved? Do you realize we have a passionate God who loves us beyond measure? Paul writes, and I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great, you'll never fully understand it. You'll never plumb its depths. And that's where we're going to stop for this episode. We'll come back to this amazing prayer in the next episode. But for now, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for each and every person who is who's losing a little bit of heart. God, would you strengthen them from the glorious reservoirs of your amazing, unlimited strength? Would you pour your spirit out upon them? Would you show them that you are a God who goes beyond, beyond? that you're beyond what we've asked for, that you're beyond what we can imagine. Would you would you pour your spirit out upon them? Would you help them to have the power to understand how deep and high and wide and long your love really is? Would you give them wisdom for the decisions that they face? Would you strengthen their inner being? God, would you show them that you are a God who does more, who, who not only can do and not only will do, but right now at this very moment is doing more than they can imagine for them, for the people they love, for, for the purposes and plans that you have for them. God, pour your spirit out upon them. Let them know that you can do immeasurably more than they've asked for or can even imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.